0: Minor Wisdom Quintet oh.
1: One Two do. Minor Wisdom This week I've got Glenn Price on. Glenn Price is somebody that I've, again, I mean I guess this goes for most people, I've wanted to get Glenn on for a while he works also with Katie Davis. Katie Davis is somebody I went to school with at the University of the Houston Goku's house. Anyway, he works at University High School in Wacky Waco. No offense to Waco, but that's just what we called it when I was a teenager, so it stuck with me, but uh, it's not politically correct, I guess. Anyway, but uh, Glenn came on, was gracious to come on, and I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. As with most guests, he, of course, you know, us, to mo- us modest theater teachers, start off thinking, who wants to listen to me? But, um, you know, Glenn, he opened up practically immediately, and we ended up having a really great conversation. He even flipped the script and asked me a question. How dare he do that? But it was a lot of fun. I had a great time interviewing him and talking to him and just getting to know him better. Uh, I have known Glenn for not a long time, but I've, I've known who he is for a while now because of my relationship with Miss Destiny Miller and Mr. Philip Taylor, soon to be a doctor. Uh, but uh, those two people are instrumental in my life, and so Glenn just kind of, by proxy, became sort of a, a friend to me as well through those people. So I was glad I got to know him a little better. Now I can call him friend. Hope everybody enjoyed their... Uh, Texas thespian experience. It is now officially over. Thank you to BK Goodman for getting this all together and uh, also thanks to BK. We uh, at my school had um, the opportunity to purchase a bunch of lights and I'm not trying to push BATS on anybody. I don't get paid by BATS um, but uh, and I'll talk about Techland in a second but BK really quickly turned things around down here in Houston because now BATS is selling down here in Houston as well. And so we are going to be the proud owners of some new LED lights at my school. And I'm super excited about it because that's all I know. The other thing about the lights at my school is we had a church there. This is, you know, totally off topic, but we had a church that was in the space. And they were really gracious, very, very nice. They had purchased uh, something like uh, 16 moving LEDs at least, maybe even closer to 20. Uh, they purchased a massive LED screen, twenty feet by twenty feet, which I know is not massive in the concert world, but for a high school stage, it's massive. And they also uh, purchased a CamSys board, light board, and they left. They left the school. They had to because our district is not allowing outside people to rent. That's fine. That's not a not a knock, but they left and they went to another district and they took everything but the CamSys. And I was. I was really upset about that because I've never, ever worked on a Camsys board, and if you've ever worked on a board made over the pond in England or anywhere else, you know how bass-ackwards things are on those boards. And luckily, I have now learned how to operate a Camsys. I also know how to work a 088 board, which was a long time ago. Thank you, Nick Phillips. But if you're ever in a pinch and need to know how to work an English board, uh give me a call give me an email shoot me a text whatever it is get a hold of me i'll i'll be i'll do my best to help you out the other thing i wanted to mention this is not as lighthearted but uh i want you to uh maybe check out facebook and go fund me for uh eric campbell eric campbell is the general manager of techland houston of course down here in houston and uh, i hope he doesn't mind me talking about it but it is on social media uh, but he unfortunately lost his house uh, this past week in a fire, and I, I saw it on the news, didn't know it was, a, was his, but uh, he lost everything. So if you get the chance, uh, Eric is a great friend to high school theater in Houston and probably even outside of Houston as well, but um, if you get the chance to help him out and go on to his GoFundMe, please do so. I know that he would really appreciate it. Um, and I know a lot of people reached out to him to show their support, and he is getting back to those people as quickly as possible, just to let them know that he appreciates it he did with me. And I'm sure he's doing it with other people as well. So if you can help out Eric Campbell, please do so. He's also a friend of the podcast. He's been on the podcast before and has talked to me about ideas he's had for it. So I really appreciate Eric. and um, I know those people that have worked with Eric appreciate him as well. and Uh, his company Techland. So there's a shout out for both Techland and BATS. They are competitors, but they are both doing good business and could use, uh, in different ways, use our help. So I appreciate you considering that. Again, this week, uh, Mr. Glenn Price, I'm not going to keep on talking. I hope you guys enjoy this very fun interview conversation that I had with him. Take care.
2: Hello, my name is Glenn Price. Um, I am currently the theater director at University High School in Waco, Um, and let's see, how did I get here? Um, well, um, my mom and dad met and conceived me probably after a drunken night at Valentine's Day, cause I was born on Halloween.
1: So timeline fits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: which times are hard. Um, cause Halloween is a great holiday if you're little, you know, cause you get candy all the time, but as an adult, you get like the leftovers that nobody wants, like the, you know, the peanut butter, right. black and orange candy that no one likes or the, uh, the, um, candy corn. I hate candy corn passion. So anyway, so that happened. And, um, then life happened and I ended up in Gatesville, um, a uh, in high school, and uh, I met Carla Donaldson, who approached me and said, "Hey, you ever been to play?" And I was like, "No." And she's like, "Well, you look like you would be great in a play." And that's where I met Destiny Miller and Philip Taylor. Uh, Destiny Miller was actually a year older than me, um, and I am older than Philip by two weeks so don't, that's don't, yeah
1: don't give away his age he's very protective of his age
2: I know but I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it because he called me old earlier so he that's did. fine
1: he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he sure did
2: so no and we, we are best friends so it's
1: yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah so uh, we got some dirt on him anyway uh I'm not gonna say it though because he no. would kill me anyway uh and so um I actually uh met Talis Straco through Carla and uh, went to TVCC for two years, two and a half years. And then he had passed and he had told me um, through like, he was a, he was a, a, a guider. So he would guide your career, say, you should do this and you should do this. And so I remember him saying, you should be a dancer. I was like, I don't want to be a dancer. I want to do theater because that's why I came here. but after he passed, I was like, you know what, let me go try and dance. So I went to Texas state and majored in dance and then realized that I'm a big person. And I like to eat and I don't want to be a struggling artist. And so Carla convinced me to do theater. And, um, so I became a theater teacher and I have loved, I have loved it ever since. So that's how I got here.
1: Yeah. So, and have you only been at university? I've only been at university. Okay. Uh, when you were at Taos camp, you were there as a student. I'm just clarifying for my own. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah I was at Taos camp. Uh, I did that two years, because okay. I think there was three years at Trinity Valley. Uh, but I actually attended Trinity Valley under him. So I was his last teaching class.
1: Okay. Did you go back on your own, or were you encouraged to go back for that second year?
2: Um. Maybe after he passed.
1: No, Like, because you 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 went for two years, right? So I uh, was the second year that he had already passed. Yeah. So oh, the first okay, year, I got you. Yeah, he passed
2: the first year I got and I went back the second year. I actually went back for a year and a half. Okay. Um, cause I actually, um, the, the magnitude of him and just his presence. Um, I mean, I'll say it and a lot of people won't, but if you were part of that group, you were just lost because I mean, his guidance was gone. Right. And um, so I actually stopped doing theater and went to band because I did color garden high school and uh, I did band and got scholarships. And um, that's really where I probably honed my love of dance um, because I, you know, I had done dance a little bit here and there, but like, I had never had real training. And that was probably the first time someone looked at me and said, Hey, you need to learn some technique and do this type of thing. So, Um, but yeah, I, with him gone, it, it definitely
1: changed a lot of our
2: outlooks on life and and what that looked like.
1: Sure. What, what does, uh, your, your color guard experience, has that helped you in the discipline world of, of theater? Like, has that changed how you probably go about directing a show or even? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so I look at every show like a dance. Um, I, I have never had formal, um, directal training. Okay, so all of my stuff is from composition and dance okay. technique. So um, but I, um, I, I love to coach acting through movement, and how the body reads because the body does not lie, right? If it's in pain, it's in pain. And so if it is happy, it's happy. So I don't, I don't really subscribe to these method acting and then let's do that type of thing. Um, I want to really control the body and the way it feels because by you really feeling the body through movement, um, it's authentic and it's real and it's, um, it's honest. And so um, that's how I, that's how I coach my acting. And then I just, I, I'm a minimalist, so you will very rarely see a play that I do that have a lot of set. Um, because I love movement on stage right I mean no one sits down for a long time <laughs> without fidgeting or something so that's that's how I approach theater
1: did did it take some time for your students to buy into your kind of philosophy and technique
2: no um honestly because when I got there um it had pretty much been I don't want to say destroyed that's a really harsh it, it had it had dilapidated. Sure. Um Kendra Willoughby was there was there before I was. And there was a person and she had built it up. And there was a person in between us. And within that year, everything that she built had left. Right. Um and so these kids were so hungry for something and so like wanting to learn something um that, you know, it was easy to kind of, to to kind of give them something to latch on to because they were hungry. Um, my first play that I did or well, my first one act, I will say, uh, my first play was a monologue show. Uh, cause I didn't like, I don't know how to read these kids. So let's give them <laughs> monologues. Cause can they act?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you can act. Oh, you cannot. So you still be here. <laughs> um, but, uh, my first one act I did. Um, I did, uh, a play called and flights of angels. And it's a retelling of Hamlet through, uh, Horatio's eyes. He hires the, um, Dumb show to tell the whole story of Hamlet. Yeah, um, and I did that with all umbrellas. I did not know at the time that that had already been done, but I was like, okay, this sounds cool, so I did it. Um, and for us at that time, we had no budget. Um, I spent like three hundred dollars of my own money to buy these umbrellas uh, from Walmart because <laughs> you know that's what you got yeah. uh, in Waco. And uh, I said, all right, y'all get some white tops, some black pants, so we're gonna do this damn show. And we did, and and that was the proudest moment because you couldn't tell them anything. They, right. they knew that story, you know? And they're like, people were like, you're gonna do Shakespeare with university kids? Right. And I, I did not know no better. I, so here's another thing being at um in Waco especially from Gatesville I only knew that university existed because it was off of I-35 I did not know that Waco High existed and I did not know the Midway existed because <laughs> I never saw the, the high schools right. so I'm like okay I don't know who these are um so it was an interesting thing but I mean it is what, it is.
1: what uh what is it about Waco that's keeping you is there anything? Is it the soft water? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Currently, there's nothing keeping me. Sure. So I'm well. I'm actually in a time of transition. Um, my husband has uh, is going to change jobs. Right. And We are. We are actually possibly in the process of me leaving. My kids okay. don't know yet.
1: Okay. Um, do, so do you want me to? Too. Do you want me to keep this in?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean okay. it's always a possibility. Okay. And and here's I guess the thing with me is, um, I I believe that people are transitional, and and they need change. Yep. And I've been I don't want to say I've been ready to go, but I've been wanting change all the, the past three years. Sure. Um, and it's not because I you know I'm ready to leave, but it's um. I like, I like to accomplish a lot. And I think for university, I have accomplished all that I can to a point.
1: Right. Um, New challenges. Yeah. New challenges. And I
2: think it's time for someone to, someone else to come make their mark. Right. So.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, there's, that's something to be commendable. When I, when I left uh, my job with Straight No Chaser, which was like a dream job, uh, I was told by the tour manager, it takes, it takes cojones to, to know when it's time. So, uh, you know, cause some people, they, they hold on too long. And then, like you said, things start to mm-hmm. get dilapidated as, as you mm-hmm. said. So yeah. Uh, good for you. But, um, it, it, now with the Gatesville thing, cause Gatesville is three a two, what, what was, do you remember what, what it was when they you were, were there?
2: They were three a, so the four a now, They're, they're 4A they were now. 3A,
1: Yeah did, did that, time at Gatesville and sort of you being not necessarily forced into theater, but, you know, pretty much recommend, you know, someone coming to you and saying, you should probably do this because you're going to be good. Uh, was like, was that the most instrumental time in your life? Did that, is that the most life-changing experience that you had? Um,
2: It, it was, but not for, not for the department. Okay. So Carla, and I'm and I'm gonna say if you can ever get her on, I would get her get on. Get her on. Yeah. She is an incredible woman. So um a little background about that. She mm, she she became my mom. Yeah. And um in 05, my grandmother left me. I lived with my grandmother at the time, and she was the only person that I lived with. Um, she left me to go take care of my mom in East Texas. And she, for lack of a better word, abandoned me. But right. it was really, she felt that I you know, I, I was A, B, on roll, kid in school. Um, I held a job, um, you know, and, and I was so involved in theater and band right. and choir and student council that, like, I was never home. And so she was saying, you know, I don't want to rip you from this, so you'll just finish here by yourself. Right. And, but on the opposite end, I was a 18 year old boy who had, you know, never had to commit to anything besides what I wanted to commit to. And all of a sudden in within five seconds of a phone call, um, I'm being forced to now not only pay bills, right. but you know, understand how the world works. Right. And I remember calling Carla and I'm like, broken. And I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I'm like, like hard crying. And that woman came over and picked me up and drove me to work and said, you'll be fine. And she got with uh, people all over the community in Gatesville and they were able to pay my bills and help me, you know, pay rent and do all the other stuff where i was still able to succeed as a student um but also learn to be an adult quickly sure um she bought me my first computer for college uh she bought me my cell phone and paid for a cell phone and Tao took my cell phone up because i would text (laughs) and call and run up the her bill, and she's like, take this shit up. So, <laughs> so that's
1: funny.
0: Uh,
2: so that would happen. Uh, she drove me you know, back and forth to um, uh, TVCC as well as Texas State. And um, she helped me get the job at university. And um, to, to disappoint her was or is the hardest thing to do because she has such high expectations for me.
0: Right.
2: Um, And this is a woman who does not talk about herself, this woman who does not ask for anything. Um, She is the quintessential example of what a teacher can be in someone's life. Right. Um, And I wanted to come back after she left Gatesville and um, take over the program. And she's like, no, you're where you're supposed to be because you're doing exactly what I did for you at university. And so that's the impact that theater has made. Like she, as a theater director and as a teacher, as a woman, kind of helped mold me and to show me how powerful one act play and theater can be.
1: Right. So how how do you, how do you take that to your own classroom and your program?
2: um, I search out kids, who don't speak up for themselves. Um, I look for kids that seem a little different or odd um or loud, you know. I I find what I would call the misfit kids. Um and like, hey, you're gonna do theater. And, you know, I'm a six foot four black guy who's, you know, two hundred plus up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah
1: yeah uh, and so no one we have we have really, one similarity, but yeah, continue
2: <laughs> no, one's, <laughs> no one's gonna really tell me no um, and so they learn like, why did you ask me to do this? I'm like you figure it out. yeah and so there have been so many kids who have come through my program um, that um, it's definitely changed them. Because it made them understand that not only were they not only did someone see them, but they recognize that they're important. And all I need for them is to know that they're important. And that's all I teach them is right. for them to know that they're important. Right. Um, even if even if it's to themselves, then I've done my job as a theater director.
1: Yeah, that's good. Do you do you? Uh, well, first of all, how long have you been tall? Like, how long have you been? How long have you known you're kind of physically? different than than others
2: okay so surprisingly i probably didn't realize how tall that was up until mm, i want to say sophomore year um because i mean at some point you just haul yeah and but i my grandmother raised me to look into people's eyes so when i talk to you <laughs> I don't, like, look at their forehead. I look in your eyes. I don't see you as a height difference. Right. Um, Like, I really try to see people at eye level, and that sounds so stupid.
1: No, I get it. But
2: if you're a tall person, you understand because you go, I don't realize how tall I am until I go shopping. Or until (laughs) you take a picture and, like, everybody else, like, my whole head is cropped out because here's where your eyes are uh, at the chest. And they're like, oh, all right, well, let me have to squat down. So, Yeah.
1: kind of yeah i i don't know that struggle too well but (laughs) i i want to say it was you i think it was you a couple of years ago that said and the reason i bring this up is because you are this person but i I want to say it was you or or we were sitting at um a meal i don't remember where it could have been state but talking about how uh you don't want boys on stage you want men tired of having boys on stage you want men and so so do you think that that like, and I keep going back to your height, but you know, I look at a tall kid, I see a tall kid and walking in the hallways at my school, and I'm like, I got to figure out if that kid can do anything performance wise because that's a man like that. I need, I, I'm tired. I had a a boy play our prince in Little Mermaid, and it was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made because nobody bought it, right? No, you know, no, nobody believed it. Great voice, good actor, but he was he looked like Pinocchio, and so. Um, I, 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 I think that's always stuck with me that I'm tired of having boys like that. I can just go and they, and they just fall over, uh, right. and you need men. Is that, do you think that, and again, and I'll go back to me for just a half a second. I think I was cast in my senior year musical because I was the only man that could grow facial hair. <laughs> and I, I'm convinced that the director was like, cause there were two of us up for the job or up for the, up for the job, up for the, up for the part. And I was, I could grow facial hair. This other person, I don't think still can grow facial hair, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I'm convinced that's why. And so do you think that, I mean, that you were kind of maybe a, a little bit of extra sought out just because of something that you have absolutely no control over?
2: Um, I'm gonna say no. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I mean the hype duh, oh child, when I tell you, um I was in we did Romeo and Juliet and I played Friar Lawrence, and I was the gayest Friar Lawrence you've ever seen. <laughs> um and so I I don't wanna say that it's because I'm a hype, because the flamboyancy kind of kills the the manpower of that. Um because I, I, you know, every, I don't want to call myself a queen, but I enjoy, you know, him yeah, out and yeah. cleaning up every once in a while. But that's fine. Neither are there. But I think it's, it's more than my personality. Um, I'm not afraid to say what I say. And yeah. I, I mean what I say. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you know. But I think part of it is is that I'm confident in where I'm coming from. Right. Um, and so when I talk about bringing men on stage, the hype thing does help. But it's more about do you own the room? Do you own um where you walk into? You know, I tell my girls, if I picked you to put and put you on stage, you're not weak. Right. Um, I don't pick little girls mm-hmm. to come on stage and play those roles because um that's not how the world works right. um anymore. And so if you're gonna be on stage, you're gonna be badass. Like I don't so I think I think it's more about building the confidence of a student um i mean it could start with the the physical attributes but i i think if you stay there you're doing yourself harm.
1: right so i'm gonna switch get off the, the height thing uh i know you have a son correct i do. do you have any more any more kids or no no okay so are you <laughs> what do you want your like what you know my daughters are screwed cause both my wife and I are theater teachers. So like they, that's all they see. They're just surrounded by this. And I don't know what your husband does. You can say it or not, but, um, you know, if he's in the secret service, don't say it, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But are, are you like, are you going to, you know, theater people always say, I want my kid to grow up to be whatever they want to be, but maybe hopefully they'd be a performer a little bit. Cause it'd be kind of fun. Do is there something that you see your son kind of, Grooming to be or growing up to be—is there already? Are there already hints of like, oh no, here's here's our little Glenn Jr. So, um,
2: well, to begin, he was he's adopted,
1: right? He was adopted. Um, At, but you're an influence. I mean, like you know, right? He doesn't have your genes, but he has. He definitely sees dad. So,
2: um, <sighs> <laughs> I actually think he's going to be. Uh, he's not going to be a performer, yeah, um, because he's he's so meek. Like, and he doesn't like the spotlight on him. Um, he's the kid that if you, like, yeah, you know, he we went to a performance, like, hey, Michael. He's like hiding behind other kids, like, don't don't look at me. Yeah, um, he he wants to help animals. So oh. it would surprise me if he becomes you know veterinarian yeah. or a marine biologist or um, like he, that's like he, he likes to help things right. survive. Um and like he can point out type of birds and type of trees and type of like he's that type of kid.
1: Right. Do you have uh, pets? What? We yeah. have two
2: dogs. Okay. Um everything in my house is a male. Okay. I'm the <laughs> only queen here and that's fine. So uh, That's yeah, how, I I, buy, I can, you
1: know. I've got one male dog and then the rest I'm just surrounded. But even today, even this morning, my daughter said, Daddy, you're gonna be surrounded by women the rest of your life and I was like, <laughs> you know, if that's how it has to be, that it's how it has to be so
2: See, I have other people who come to me and say, you should have a daughter. And I just yeah. get really um what's that word, defensive about that? Sure. I I don't trust boys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've seen yeah. boys yeah. in high school
2: I'm like, oh God, I would I would I would do you harm if yeah. you gave my daughter like that. So and then I don't I'm a gay man. I don't know how the periods work. I don't want to try <laughs> to figure that out. I think um, that's so I think you. that's true
1: with straight and gay men, because <laughs> <laughs> I too do not know how that works. <laughs> I mean, I know how it works, but I don't know how to help. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand that. So, yeah. um, I forgot what the where we were going was. Especially...
1: Uh, I I was asking about your how, how your you think your son is growing up, and you kind of answered oh, yeah. it a veterinarian. Um, and...
2: I, um, so um, his dad or his. My husband, his dad, whatever, does <laughs> yeah. um, social work type things. Okay, and so I think the one thing he learns um, is patience. And so whatever he does, he's going to be a patient person because he likes to, you know, uh, play around with other kids. And he always like it's he always plays with the kid who yeah. like no one else plays with. Or the kid that's like seems too young to be played with, like the age gap is real big and um so he kind of seeks that person out. Right. Um, and so I hope if nothing else, that type of you know, social interaction keeps with him because he um, people are just attracted to him right. and, and that's a great thing. So
1: yeah. Is he the kind of kid that, like, if you're driving along on the road and there's a turtle crossing very slowly, yes. does he say, Dad, stop, and then goes yes. and helps the turtle? <laughs> yes.
2: Like, he, um, one time, my husband was leaving the house, and he saw this red thing in the um, in the grass, and he thought it was a dead cardinal. Um, <laughs> we have a couple of cats around here that right. kill birds, right. and he started getting really upset, so okay. he had Jeff pull over and see what it was. And it was just like a red, like, piece of trash or whatever else. Right. But it really, like, it bothered him right. that he thought it was a red cardinal.
1: Um, I mean, that's commendable. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good on you. Uh, and you said your husband is a social worker. My sister's a social worker. So I, I know the struggle that you go through. Because <laughs> they're always trying to uh, unnecessarily help, in my opinion. You know, my, my sister's always giving her giving me her advice even when it's unwarranted yes. <laughs> and it's kind of like kind of that lifestyle I guess you know
2: and I literally like when me and my husband were first dating um because I like to argue with people I don't know why I just and I yeah. lose every time but that's fine um but I used to say stop trying to counsel me yeah <laughs> I mean what I say and he would just look at me like but you're wrong so that's a problem <laughs>
1: mansplaining <laughs> mansplaining yeah that's funny uh, so, uh how did you guys meet
2: uh, we met through some friends Okay. Um, and um, we have, we actually um, probably like our first date was on September 21st, okay. 2010. Um, and we've been together ever since. And I remember telling him three months in, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to marry you. Yeah. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I mean, I did move a little fast, but that's fine. Um, but I, I knew once I met him that he was the one.
1: So. Right. That's good. That's good. Uh, well, I appreciate you talking about your family, being candid by that. Now, now I'm going to switch subjects again. So one okay. of the one of the things that I guess over the past couple of months, you and I have gotten or at least have shared time together. I don't know if we've gotten to know each other so well, but we've shared time in, in two uh, committees, I guess you could say. Uh, one with TXETA and mm-hmm. one, the I think no offense to TXETA, but one with uh, thespians that is a little maybe more verbal, I guess you could say. Um, and it's all about advocacy and fighting for uh, what should have been you know, finished years and years ago with mm-hmm. having equality and um, uh, LGBTQ, BIPOC, all the, every, every acronym you can think of, but, um, all of these equitable things that should have been taken care of a long time ago and maybe not going to get political, but have fallen off over the past few years. Let's just say that. So, uh, do you, and I asked this of Michelle Wynn, um, uh, as well, uh, being that she's an Asian American, do you think that in a weird way, and work with me on this one. <laughs> do, right. do you think in a weird way that now, uh, uh, colored, uh, uh gay, um, uh, transgender, all, every type of minority that you can think of non-white male, do mm-hmm. you think it has become now in theater in just in theater easier for those uh, recognitions to take place and that it's become, it is slowly, but surely becoming more, uh, normal, if you will, for seeing, because for instance, the Academy Awards just recently announced we will no longer (coughs) recognize movies that don't have at least one black actor uh, as, an, as an as an eligible movie or uh you know and with Hamilton years ago putting out an audition saying we don't want any white uh men or white women to audition for the show do you think now that it's becoming more commonplace to uh, have this accepting sort of uh, mentality in theater and even in film or is it still just still the struggle or, uh, and I know there's still a struggle, but it's not, is it, is it as intense as it was maybe five, six, seven years ago?
2: I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, as intense. Um, but I still think there's a huge problem. Right. And I think until we can stop, um, Seeing people as categorized objects, right. um, then the problem is going to consist. Now, do I say that we need to get rid of the category? No, because every every category has its own box to check, and every category has its own way that you live your life that's honest that somebody else doesn't you know know about. Um, but I think the fact that we have to um, you know, have these standards. Like, I, I'm, I, I think it's saddening that a film won't be considered without having one black person in it, because that says that now that you're gonna have, because to, to me that just brings up, oh, okay, now we have the the token black guy,
0: right?
2: Now we have to have like the token gay guy, or you know, whatever. So we have to fill those boxes. When in reality, if you just told the story of average Americans. Sure or average people you would have that i don't know anybody that ha- that knows people that are just like them 24/7 <laughs> all day long throughout their life
0: right
2: um and i think that um in the arts we we try to be so diverse but but in reality we pigeonhole ourselves um to try to accommodate people and if you just do the damn work yeah you'll 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 be able to do a lot more.
1: Right. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, that's succinct and easy. Um, and and you know, but it's it's so difficult for some yeah. people. Yeah, good it it's, it's you know, some people just find and I and 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 I'm not going to name names, obviously, but there you know, there are people I work with that um, directors, high school directors, influential high school directors that find it difficult to accept that they are the problem and that they are not contributing to the solution because they do what you just said and add in the token Mm -hmm. whatever whatever it is it could maybe not black person but you know um uh but yeah i like what you said about the academy awards and it's kind of like i don't know how familiar you are with what's called the rooney rule which is in football. And it requires, I, I wanna say it's like a 15 year old rule now that, that every team, whenever they have an opening for a head coach, they have to interview at least one minority candidate. And it's turned into a joke because now they just, the, the first candidate they interview is a minority, not necessarily black, but just a minority of some sort. And then they, it's well known They just move on and they, yeah, exactly. They do it to kind of, to, to, as you said, check the box. And, um, it's, uh, it's become very frustrating, but also there are less quiet people now, you know, it's, it's become, it's a lot louder now. Right. Uh, So, and that's something that personally I can appreciate. Um, but I'm glad you said that, uh, we can get off the sensitive topic now. Now I want <laughs> we're just moving along. It's like a roller coaster of questions. That's cool. You you said earlier and I don't want you to give anything that's going to incriminate or embarrass, but I really want to hear some sort of story about soon to be Dr. Philip Taylor and it can include and it doesn't have to be bad. Uh, you know, I don't I don't need anybody to be embarrassed, but I would like if he like tripped and fell during Romeo and Juliet, like that's a fun, you know it's embarrassing, but, but goofy. And I, I know that's a goofy example, but even with destiny, I would love to just rib destiny as well, because, um, you know, I think speaking aloud, you know, <laughs> so, so if you have just, just even of like a chicken cross the road kind of joke where it's just kind of fun, but kind of dumb in the same way. I would love to hear a story about either or both destiny and Philip Cause I think, They need to be brought back down to earth a little bit.
2: (laughs) Hey, so here's the thing, uh, with both of them. Yeah. Um, they are great people and they work really, really, really hard for what they do. Um, Philip, I will tell you is, um, a person that remembers every single thing. Yes. So I'm reluctant to tell you anything. It's annoying. to bite me in the ass. Yes, it's annoying. But, <laughs> but uh, I would tell you that there's something he has never forgiven me for. Yeah. And uh, when I got married, um, you know, I was very adamant about what I wanted people to wear at my wedding. And it was royal blue and um, white and black. Yeah. And, um, it was, you know, everyone knew and he was supposed to be like, you know, he's my best friend. And except I never told him. <laughs> and so he walked up to the wedding in burnt orange.
1: Of course. Um
2: and um I was like, what are you doing? He was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're supposed to be in blue white. He's like, you did tell me that. Well, yes, I did. It's like, No, you, you never did. And so everyone showed up, including Carla. And Carla just showed up to the wedding in blue by coincidence. Right, but right. everybody else is in blue and white. And here's this speck of orange in, <laughs> in all that. Uh, and so he's never let me live that down. He said, you know, if I ever get married or when I ever get married, I'm not telling you
1: what yeah, right. telling you
2: need to wear because I need you to be you, different. Yep. So um, that is, that's something. And he just, yeah. Uh, but he's funny. like, Oh, Oh, another thing. I could not stand Philip Taylor as a high school student. Right. Um, because we were compared to each other. Let me phrase that. I was compared to him. Right. And so, Oh, everything we did, like Philip did something similar to that. And it would just piss me off.
1: Yeah. It's um, like, it's the, we, it's the, it's the sibling thing. It's like having a oh sibling yeah, oh yeah, that Charles oh yeah. compared to. And,
2: um, he, um, he just, and really didn't affect him because he was the person that sure. he, was the, he was the example. Um, but we probably didn't even become true friends or really understood each other until I was a junior in college because right. he would, uh, UT, I went to Texas state. And right. so we would hang out all the time and, um he became he became a brother to me. So right. Destiny, I'm not. No. You will not get, no, 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 no. She's not gonna She'll come, she'll come <laughs> for you.
1: <laughs> she will come for you. Oh, I understand that. I, I hang out with Destiny quite quite often and uh if she's on, she's she's yeah, oh. there's nobody getting in her way. Yo, yeah, no, no. no. Man, <laughs> she
2: has too so much dirt on me. I, no, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> okay.
1: That's perfectly fine. <laughs> That's that is a story within itself. That's perfectly fine. So I want to go back to the Texas State thing. Then um, now, do you? Because because I have my opinions about UH, and because I I was a graduate with the bachelor's program at UH, and I thought uh, I, I was convinced that it was one of the best bachelor's programs in the the country. Now I'm not, I'm, I don't agree. I don't think it is. I think it's a great masters. I think it's mm-hmm. flipped. Right. Uh, how do you feel now has Texas state become because Texas state in the, at least in the state of Texas has become one of the better musical theater programs. Uh, mm-hmm. and was it that way when you were there or was it transitioning coming, you know, was the wave it, starting to move or what?
2: It started while, while I was there. Okay. Um, Here's the thing about Texas State. I love Texas State and I I learned a lot. I think it's antiquated. Um, Much like I'm sure we all feel about certain theater departments or fine art departments. But I think it's antiquated because it's playing catch up with itself. The student body is growing so quickly and the people who actually teach there are not. Right. Um, And so like the fact that the first African-American play was performed on the main stage in was in 2008 or 2009 right. um, with uh, the piano lesson. And you had been open since 1899. Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. um, And the fact that you had to have not only Guest artists, but um, also uh, professors in the play because you didn't have enough Black people right. to audition for it. So now has that probably grown some since then? I'm oh, sure, yeah. but I think you know it's it's still antiquated. There's still things that need to change. They still think they need to learn. Um, do I think it's a great school? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, do I think that? Um, this this is what I pray for. I pray that during this time of COVID we can really sit down with ourselves and go, look, are we really doing the best we can to provide the best experience for all the students, not only the ones that are in our
0: right.
2: program but the ones that come in to see um, our program. Right. Are we are we really representing them the best way we can? If we're not, then we need to change our focus and change the way we deliver things. Have, um But I, I hope that I feel that they are open to the idea of moving in that direction.
1: Sure. Have you considered teaching college?
2: Um, I would only teach college if I become, if I could become a towel.
1: Okay. So
2: I could go into these schools and these kids that feel left behind or don't know what to do with their life. Right bring them in mold them and send them where they need to go right. whether it's theater or not that's what i would want to do
1: right so eventually you
2: will <laughs> i would hope so but i i'm i need to learn a lot before
1: right. i get yeah there. yeah yeah. we're still young as you said you're only two weeks older than than philip right so that puts you at what 25 right <laughs> oh child no black on no crack yes <laughs> well that's you know philip Again, he's a secretive guy. Never never openly says his age. Although I know it because I'm friends with Destiny, but yes. uh yeah, yeah, he's he's not that secretive. Um all right, I got to ask you some fun questions then uh very typical dating game type questions. Um okay. and not that we're dating or trying to date, but you know. I mean, you type
2: a little bit. You white guy. Okay, guys, fine.
1: that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we can roll. I uh, you know, little Zoom dating. Uh what if there's not a lot known about Gatesville. So as a child, you know, growing up, what was the thing you did in Gatesville that you now kind of miss a little bit? Uh, and I know you're not super duper far from there. Uh, yeah. but, uh, what is, is there something that you miss from kind of that small town Gatesville community?
2: Um, well, before we answer, before I answer that, I'm, not actually from Gatesville. Oh. I moved there my sophomore year. Gotcha. So I'm actually from a small town called Hawkins. Okay. Um, in East Texas, okay. which is just by Tyler, but neither here nor there. Um, from, I would say the, the From either one then. Um, the thing I miss the most um, is probably the um, like the 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 t- the hometown. Like activities, like right. in Hawkins, having the pancake festival and <laughs> having the big parade, and and like going to get pancakes early in the morning, or um, the 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 big lighting of the the town park in um, Gatesville, like Christmas time, right. and, you know, all that type of thing, because those small town parades, the small town things are just different when you're in the city right. and Gates, I mean, Gatesville. And Waco isn't huge. Like, it's not a city, but it's big enough to where n- not everybody knows each other. Right. So there's a disconnect. Right. Um, so that's, I would say that's the part I miss most that I wish my son would get.
1: Right. Pancake Festival.
2: <laughs> yeah. that's So the, um, the first actress to play at Jemima, was from Hawkins, Texas. Interesting. Oh, uh, They're the pancake
1: capital of Texas. Wow. Okay, I did not know that. What? So what? What's your go-to pancake? Oatmeal. Uh, what, what, what no, no, know? no, not not the syrup. I mean, like, oh, no, that's, oh, no, oh, that, that's oh, I see the yeah, the, the you, mix. But. But do you, do, do you, do you <laughs> so, I've insulted you. Do you put like, do you put anything in it? Like, is it, or is it just original straight up? Oh,
2: no, you need just buttermilk child. You okay. add stuff to it. That's not a pancake. That's something else.
1: Yeah. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Cause you know, you go to like IHOP and they, they're like, have a banana, strawberry pancake. And it's like, no, that's, that's well, tur- yeah, yeah. It's turning into cake. Like not. Right. A, yeah. yeah. Why
2: would you yeah, no.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad we agreed. Oh wait. I have a question for you. Since yeah. we're asking questions. Okay.
2: Eat, okay. So, have you ever eaten grits?
1: I have had. Yeah, I've had grits. What do
2: you put in your grits?
1: Uh, I've never made grits, but what? I, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, you get grits and then you add your flavor Same. to it. Yeah. Right. Um, what I put in mine, partially because I was coached, was uh butter. Um okay. and uh, I put a little bit of cheese and okay. I think that might have been it. Actually, uh, okay. I might have put salt on it, but I don't remember if I if I salted.
2: What the wrong with you? Like I don't. It's supposed to be butter and sugar. Like butter and sugar. Like, yes.
1: <clears throat> see, I that I did. I can tell you right now, I definitely did not do that. See, yet. okay. Mm. That's right,
2: where are you? Where are you from? So I'm. We're from, see, all these okay,
1: so Glenn, I'm I'm from Houston. I, I was born. Um, okay, so wait, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. <laughs> I was I was born and raised in Houston, and I've and I've sort of loosely told this story on 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 uh, my podcast before. But I was raised by a country black woman named Esther, okay. uh, and and her like when I tell you the entire family lived at the house, they did, but they also had their own addresses. Like that, like they were always there. Right. And if they fell asleep there, they fell asleep, you know, like they right. always had a, they always had a bed, uh, right. and Esther's still living. I hope 2020 ends soon, God forbid, but, uh, she is, she's in her nineties, but she is still, uh, she's a great, great grandmother. Um, you know, it's, she's an amazing woman and that that's where I had grits. Now that that could, it could have easily been Esther protecting my f- taste buds by saying, <laughs> Put 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 uh butter and cheese in it because I know this child likes cheese. So that's it fair. could it could have easily been that. I don't I don't know. I could go back and ask her. I mean, she's you know, she's, her memory is it's everything is in there. She's still very very. I mean, it's it, but... a country favorite.
2: I just I'm just not again. I, I I I prefer the sweet. So that's the fine. whole savory. I don't understand why would you put cheese and rich but that's
1: fine well I'm a I'm a sweet tooth person as well but um but I I wonder if maybe like she was just again trying to be like I just don't want this kid to get cavities I know how his parents are both you know there's a salesman and a teacher like they don't have the money to go go drill into this kid's mouth so (laughs) it could have easily been that but yeah no I but no I'm not a country folk I, I I also don't like the like I'm not an outdoors guy um I don't know if you are but i'm not yeah so I'm not. that's i don't
2: do my son does outside and he gets mad come with me yeah it's hot
1: yeah right, right. it's hot we can play it's a dark
2: i'm not no i'm attracting sunlight i'm not doing
1: this. <laughs> right. <laughs> right Right. yeah bugs annoy me you know i'm not like afraid of necessarily afraid of bugs but i do have a little bit of an irrational fear of like flying insects uh so i you know, you,
2: a, you know how big you are? You
1: can't, I, like, I'm, I'm aware, of
2: like they, but you don't know where they come
1: from. Right, so right. But you're afraid of flying bugs. I, I don't worry about it. This isn't about me. It's about you. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 I I have, I have a little weird, I don't know why I've never been stung. You know, I could be Macaulay Culkin and my girl for all I know, but I don't, uh, you know, I've never been stung before. So how wow. that, how's that for a reference? But um, yeah, it's. Anyway, back to you. Have you ever been cam- have, have you ever been camping? Yes, I have. See, I've never been. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. This isn't a video pod, so seeing your face do that right now, <laughs> the, re- the reaction. <laughs> Nobody's going to see that. But anyway, anyway, they, uh, they, they understand the tone. They, yeah. They- oh, sure. <laughs> the, yeah, they can hear the subtext um, in your facial expressions. Well. Uh, anyway, Glenn, <laughs> I appreciate this. Uh, you, you said 45 minutes, it's been 48. So your <laughs> oh, 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 let's keep going. Then I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have anywhere to be for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I think my kids are okay. What is your, what does your son do to pass the time? Please don't tell me he's a, he's on the iPad all the time. Is he on the iPad all the time? No. Okay. So my, my kids are very,
2: um he is very protective of okay. miguel in time so uh he gets an hour of tv time or electronics so there's our tv time or game time or whatever uh but he plays outside we do right. legos we do
1: board games were you over. raised with a tv like di- like did you have it oh, a- oh yeah, yeah. like See, nickelodeon
2: was it like in Stimpy and all that are you in the dark and yeah I, all those shows yeah is it and, any
1: different now? Is it only because things are just, you don't know who's on the other side? Is that one of the bigger um, problems?
2: I think part of it is the disconnection. Right. Um, and we really want to have um, like the family experience. So like every single sure. night um, we eat dinner at the table. No TV, no. And we talk. That's good. Um, we play phase 10 all the time. or yeah. Uno. Um and then, like the one thing me and my son like to do is like build Lego sets right. together. Um, and it's just, you know, the one thing I will say that as a, a adoptive dad is that you learn um, time is not on your side. So we got him when he was five, right. and so there was already five years that he we didn't have him, right. and he's ten now. And so, um, I like I would have rehearsals every day. And when we got him, there was literally a moment where he started reading way better than I remember. Right. And I remember looking at my husband and going, I'm missing out right. on my son growing up. Yeah. And so we just make, you know, now other times that we just let him watch TV, like Sunday, he watched TV all day right. and that was fine yeah um but yeah. for the most part we really try to rein that in because we you know we want to notice those things sure. and so
1: yeah. what what type of Lego like because uh, i i you know legos are low-key expensive and so they, are. I, they I really are. as a kid i was a lincoln log lego kind of kid as well mm-hmm. and i've i've been my daughter will my oldest daughter will play with legos and build things but I, they're just, those sets, you know, I go to Toys R Us or Target, not Toys R Us, RIP, but Target, right. um, Walmart, and things like that, and look at those Lego sets, and I'm like, those are so fun to, to build, and then I look at that price tag, I'm like, they're not that fun, but, <laughs> you, know, you know, what which ones do you build, do you do the, like, themed ones, the Harry Potter, the Jurassic um, Park?
2: He, we we have done a couple of those, yeah.
1: um, Ninjago
2: is, like, his thing to do, yeah. but we, um, like, He's also into um, those damn spinning things. What they call the
1: fidget spinners?
2: No, Beyblade. Oh. <laughs> Beyblades. Beyblades. Okay. There we okay. go. They are like the you know the futuristic tops. So he will make Beyblades out of Legos, and they like he finds a way to spin them and, and make them crash. And so we'll right. do that, or we will you know make a house out of what he already owns. And so it's it's that it's we just like to play.
1: That's so, fun. What and you said you play phase ten. Uh, that's. Do you play Yahtzee? We don't play Yahtzee. Ooh, no, no. You gotta get a Yahtzee. You gotta get a Yahtzee set. If you're into, fi- I, you no? no, not a no, dice, not a no, shake the dice kind of guy.
2: No, mm-hmm, we don't.
1: Mm-mm, no. Mm-hmm. Did you have a bad experience with Yahtzee, Glenn?
2: <laughs> I have gotten a Yahtzee uh, six years uh, in my lifetime for Christmas. Yeah. Okay. And I never had someone play with me and so i despise that game i've never played that game i've owned it six times in my life i've never played it would you
1: have you ever been to vegas i have been to vegas did you play play, yeah you you lost your pants you lost lost my pants as we record this it's 10 55 but in the morning but you would think that we're both drunk right now the way the way that i just responded to that so you lost you lost your Hands okay, so continue.
2: Oh, no, I <laughs> talk a lot. Like, so I, I'm sure this is how gambling addiction starts. So I, um my husband's really good with money. Yeah. He's like, here's here's a hundred dollars, right? And so my husband will find like the nickel and diamond penny and like play. And he'll play on that for hours. I like, ooh, I'm gonna spend fifty bucks
1: at 100, my high yeah, hundred on black, right there. Boom, <laughs> go,
2: <gone>. damn. <laughs> Hey. I love you. Got it. <laughs> You're not getting a money today. Okay. Well. All right. So, I'm going to walk around for 2 hours yeah. because I don't put all of it one time.
1: So yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Find that's a, me. Find a temporary sugar daddy. That's what, you know, <laughs> like you just <laughs> you know. Yeah, I that would be fun. Yeah, I I've done Vegas uh for real once and I I got addicted to craps. And the reason I brought it up is because of the yacht the the, the comparison of craps to Yahtzee just literally by throwing dice but that's the only comparison because other than that they're completely different but uh that's that's how my brain works (laughs) so good good I'm glad you're not I'm glad you're not addicted to gambling though because as a teacher it's very difficult uh to be addicted to something that you can't afford so I
2: mean I can tell you on this phone I have played (laughs) phase 10 and Tune blast and everything else i've spent a good mm, two or three hundred dollars on buying coins <laughs> for the level. so i was like what the hell are yeah. you doing yeah don't judge me jeff
1: is it is it but see like the way my go around is because i have also done a little bit not that much but i've done a little bit of uh, guilty pleasure spending but it shows up as as an itunes uh cr- you know yes, on, your, on your account it shows up as itunes so i just tell my mom, oh yeah no no, no it's a song you know I'm still purchasing straight, no chaser music just to support the guys. They're my friends, you know, like that kind of thing. And you know, a little fib every once in a while, so you can play some more candy crush, never hurt anybody. So yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I want to end on, on, uh, on a, we've had some fun now. Uh, so I want to end with uh, a word. I want, I want you to switch and go to word of advice. So I like to always end on either word of advice or uh, some sort of fun um quip, and we've had some fun quips already. So, what I wanna hear from you is um, you, you've you been teaching now long enough to know how a student is wired and how students have, uh, they go about their daily business and how things have now all of a sudden been spun around on their head. So if a kid comes up to you, um, and this is a very general question, and you may take time to think about it, but if a kid comes up to you, now between now and like let's say march and says mr price i was assuming they call you mr price i don't uh, yeah mm-hmm. it, yeah are, are we going to be okay what are you going to say to that student and i will tr- I, I, i'm not going
2: gonna- to first of all that's a weird question like are we <laughs> going to be okay like and so my sarcasticness and this is where it gets me in trouble are you breathing
0: sure okay
2: like yeah then you're fine you're okay We're, yeah. we be go, we gonna be good uh, yeah. Yeah, that's how I'm sorry, that's how I want <laughs> so, like, are you breathing? Yes, I'm yes, you're breathing, that's you're good. fine. So and I'm such a smart ass and my kids are <laughs> like Did I ask something but, stupid? No, you asked something stupid and you just didn't think about what you asked. So I I, I would then go back and say, What do you mean by yep. are we gonna be okay? And you know, it's it's I guess really uh, I would say as long as you have your mind and your heart, you will always be fine. Those are two good things that as long as you take care of those, you'll be fine.
0: Minor